30 years ago, the world ended as a celestial talisman hung in the sky, bringing death and destruction. Heroes gather, but they are not the heroes of the tales of old. They are a new breed. Because when the world has ended, surviving makes you a hero. Welcome to Stealing Survival, our Dungeons and Dragons game here on Travis Tavern Talk. Quick bit of intro, and then we're going to get right to the game. We had an exciting ending last time, and I myself am damn interested in getting back into it. Let's see here. Trigger warning. Adult language, adult content, and so on. Um, we are recording a live show here on twitch.tv slash Travis Tavern Talk. That will become a podcast, so for the people in chat, just realize that we might not get to all the comments <clears throat> but we appreciate your input. And for those of you on the podcast, realize we have a live audience here in chat that interacts with us, and that's pretty freaking awesome. Okay, I think I will introduce myself. Again, I am Travis Sivart, author of the Portal series and Harbinger, book one of Downfall, which take place in this same world. So let's just move around. We'll uh, start in the lower left with Chris in his pub-like atmosphere. Very nice background, man. Thanks. Uh, I'm Chris, and I will be playing uh, Julian Cavington, the half-Athene wizard. Very good. <clears throat> Just above him is John Millington. I'm John. I'm be playing uh, Baldur Safadi, half-demon uh, investigator of odd things. I'm from Jersey's Cards and Comics and Conquest Publishing. Check us out on the web. Upper right, Aaron Kennedy. Hi, Aaron Kennedy, uh, author extraordinaire uh, of uh, Persona Non Grata, first of the Ships of Valor series, uh, currently working on Icarus Black. I'll be playing Murph the Ranger. Very good. And then uh, <coughs> our long-lost sister in adventure, Andrea Lachat. Hi, um, Andrea Lachat here. I play Lolly. She is a time-traveling gypsy thespian wannabe Rokarn. Very good. Okay, that all translates to bard. Anyhow, um, <laughs> I don't know why people hate bards so much, but we'll find out later this episode, won't we? Hey. <laughs> it's, if you do There's your some job, people that don't hate bards. They've never met one. <laughs> okay, I also want to ask our uh, viewing audience here, what are you guys playing? What game are you into or doing or writing? And for those of you listening to the podcast, you can email us at stealingforsurvival at gmail.com. And that's stealing with two E's, as in stealing yourself, not as in thieving. Move cat. Sorry, cat. Okay, so we need a recap for our last show. Chris, do you got a recap for us, buddy? I do. <clears throat> last time on Stealing for Survival, yeah. our intrepid band of adventurers with the help of the whorehouse crew uh, were sent to the depths of... Oh, crap. Where's What city are we in? <laughs> Dathan's Pass. You're doing great. Yeah. Dathan's Pass, uh, where recent mining expeditions recently uncovered a coal iron uh, temple of some sort. 
um, through convincing and sort of bribing, but not having to bribe the mining foreman, they entered into the ruins where they discovered several murals and things uh, indicating some sort of summoning ritual that happens every time the talisman comes by. They then entered into a large dining chamber where sitting in a chair at the end of the hallway was some sort of ghastly dark iron, coal iron, dwar uh, rocairn ghost thing. And that's where we left off. There we go. <clears throat> to add to it, just to uh, clarify a little bit on this room, it's more of a throne room. Uh, there is a large table in the center with what looks like remains of kind of bloody chunks of this and that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not actually a dining hall of any sort here. So let's see if I can get you a, another description. Uh, as you're facing it, it's longer, it's wider than it is long. There is a raised platform with a very grim throne atop it. There is a table. There is the armored statues on the sides. There is holes in the ground that have drainage grates that have been knocked off of them. Whether something was going in them or coming out of it, it's unsure. But, uh, yeah, on the wooden table, you can see dried blood and other such things. There were armored figures, two on the north wall, two on the south wall, using somebody who has underground stuff. That'd be Aaron's character there. Um, and then the two iron grates open up in the floor. They are circular, and they're wide enough for somebody to drop in, but not comfortably. And not a, necessarily a huge person. So, now, as this ghostly spectral figure snaps like he's like a blanket in the wind, I believe I used the term last time, like he's not all there physically and possibly other ways, there is a crackle of energy from the hall behind you. Remember all those runes and, and things on the wall that talks about all the things that they do here and the conversion of the energy? Well, something really weird just happened behind you guys. <clears throat> or... Perhaps I should say something really weird happened upon you guys. As you <coughs> spin up. Is it me? It is. It is. <clears throat> As you spin, there is a. For a moment, you think it's a coal iron dwarf. Or Rokaren. Sorry, don't mean to be demeaning there. And use the D word. Um, but, uh, Lolly, why don't you give a description of yourself and. A really good reason they should not fear you. Something that works you in with these guys. Because she's a dwarf and they're not scary. Oh my goodness. Well. No pressure. I don't know. Yeah, no pressure. I don't know. I. What happened? So, why don't you start with a little description of what you look like. I don't know. How tall are you? What are you wearing? Nothing. Some boots. No, I don't. Okay, 
Lolly is a female rogue here. Lightly bearded, is that correct? And uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've looked. No, at when her. you say lightly bearded, like Chris, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. It's for rogue yes. Um, well, I'm just clarifying for the audience. And she's wearing gypsy-like clothing, skirts, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, oh, like yourself. On certain days, on the right day, that's true. And uh, what about the rest of you? Why don't you guys give her a quick description so she knows what the rest of you look like there, too? Aaron? Uh, okay. Nope, go first. Uh, Murph is tall, uh, very rigid brows, very skeletal, but not, not unmuscular, but just kind of protruding uh, like something's not quite right. Mm. Uh, wearing leathers, cloak. Very Everything's good. drawn back, kind of open. Uh, one arm is currently hidden inside the cloak. Pass not necessarily aggressive, just that way. And when you're done, Aaron, pass it to somebody else by just shouting out their Chris? name. Chris! Go, Chris, uh, go, go! <laughs> Julian is, you know, thin, dark brown hair, uh, the, the five eight, five nine, somewhere in there, uh, and rugged leather, a long rugged leather jacket, and and a, a hat on. Um, now that Travis pointed it out, I can't not see it. The um, Hugh Jackman Van Helsing, very similar. And then Baldareth. Uh, Baldareth's relatively short. He's about five foot four. He's wearing a probably leather armor, uh, but it's underneath a hood, the traveling cloak. Uh, you might spot some horns. He's got a darkish brown reddish skin and he's currently moving towards your left hand side in a semicircle. <clears throat> now you guys have hung out in the poor house well long enough you've heard stories of lolly you heard of her missing you heard of her also chasing the portal network that's where she was last lost is during that <clears throat> and this figure in front of you definitely resembles that she has that uh you know slightly vacant look that little bit lost look bit of a mischievous smile and she smells of mint we've heard of a female dwarf and this appears to be a female dwarf and there is only one at any given time in all the realms <laughs> yeah and they're all me you know she travels <clears throat> gets around. Well, I, I believe elves come from eggs, right? Or cabbages. She is holding some kind of metal box, which is blinking with gentle light, some sort of magical device, and it is pointing straight at you. And uh, she's grinning broadly. And she points right at you and goes, well, there you guys are. I've which, been looking which, for you. 
Now, are you using you, the collective, or are you a specific individual? Hey, use guys. Hey, use guys. <laughs> the two Does the ghostly apparition of the coal iron do anything at Lolly's appearance? His previous reaction, that big reaction he was giving right before we ended the last game, was in direct reaction to her appearance behind you. Now that, you know, she's appeared, when you saw him reacting, you're focused on that, and you heard the noise behind you as he was reacting, spinning to look at that. So now you have possibly a, a mythical hero who has saved the world multiple times. Just ask her. She'll tell you. Uh, multiple times. In an in interpretive dance. <laughs> That's true. Um, and you also have an angry spirit behind you in the throne having a small fit. Which one's which? It's hard to say. Okay. <clears throat> so now we're going to take... What? Go ahead. The spirit talking in a language that we understood? <laughs> the spirit didn't vocalize. <clears throat> it looked gotcha. like it was trying to speak, but no sound was coming. Sounds gotcha. like a film from the 30s or 20s. And, you know, the area in front of him turned blank and words appeared. It was very strange. <laughs> um, grand. She, yeah, she's gestured at the three of you and went, there you are. I finally found you. Or I've been looking for you. Or, hey, your fly's down. She said something. Hey, you guys. That's there right. you are. All right, then. Um... Who are you? And you. Yeah, I've got nothing. Where is Lolly? You hear her? Lolly. Okay. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to take a moment and pause there. The big guy's got his hand under his cloak. The other guy with that one horn sticking out is moving to... Andrea's left, everybody else is right, <clears throat> possibly looking like he wants to circle around. I do have my umbrella. Ah, an umbrella, a strange device not quite known in this land. <clears throat> Strangely enough, the parasol is. <laughs> but I have my umbrella ready, so if they start any shit... I'm prepared. Well, then. Right. Well, so, we, we look like we're going to start ship, but it's not directed at you. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, Baldareth might start some shit. Um, great. If I recall, the guys back at the pole house were talking about Lolly. A Lolly, I do believe. And you say you're her, correct? Yes. Uh, Jules. That's me. Point of order. Yes. Um, I'm getting back to that. A little bit more important, I think. For the time being, speed it up. All right, fine. And I will turn around and lock forward and go, Oh, mighty lord of the underground. Who might you be? 
the ghastly white translucent form stands up on the throne and it looks like he's either berating or threatening you, but there is no sound. And he jerks forward, but only to the top step. He doesn't even step down. And you can see him just shaking his fist and waving his hands as he just launches into this tirade. And he's jabbing a finger towards you. And he points over you at her. And just, he goes yeah, She's eating popcorn out of something. Um, I can I'll hear her munching in the background. Have detect magic on. So anything around me is still glowing that is magical. <laughs> FYI. Oddly enough, uh, the device in her hands, now that you've remembered to look for that and you can see the glow of necromancy around this creature, the device in her hand did not glow at all. It has no magic. But she's got some glowy bits on her. I'm sure. Her yeah, umbrella is like her glowy. Umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rand. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I cannot understand you. There, there's no sound coming this way. Do, do you have a problem with the new lady? He pulls a hand axe from his belt on his side and he throws it at you. Oh, it's on! Yeah, that's when the sword goes flying. The hand axe disappears as it crosses the bottom step. Roll to hit with that flying sword. I'll try and duck, but, you know. Julian collapses to the ground, throwing his hands over his head and squeaking. Which, by the way, I think is a perfectly normal reaction to somebody launching a hand axe suddenly at you. Especially a ghost. It is. It is. Uh, that isn't. Uh, should be a 14. 14. It flies true, surprisingly, throwing a sword with the penalty that you would get, because it's not necessarily made for this sort of thing. But it flies through him, <laughs> clanks off the back of the throne-like chair up on the dias and clatters to the seat. The spirit seems to have calmed down a little bit and he sits back down not even noticing the sword. You could see it jutting from his thigh, not like it's stuck in him, but just like he's laying down. An apparition sitting on his throne and the sword is laying flat on it and hanging off the edge and it's sticking out of his thigh. Not not straight That's up and not down. A it's sword. laying on the seat. <laughs> yeah. So I will get up, look around that I am not been impaled by an axe. Um and start in I'd like to investigate along the front edge of the stairs to see if there's any magical rune <clears throat> things that are keeping him on that side, us on this side. So you're moving further into the room around the ancient bloodied table. And uh, as you step past one of the gratings, one of those round gratings, you hear a squishy, sloshy noise within it. 
But it's not a constant noise. It's like sudden movement of something in... Something. And you move past uh, the table and around it. Looking over your shoulder behind you. To make sure nothing's great. coming out of the grating. And uh, to the stairs. Yes. As you get closer. What, what's your light source again? Because the glowing walls behind you is fading. Uh, I mean, I have dark vision out to 60 feet. Okay. With the dim light behind you, you'll be able to make out. <clears throat> yeah. There is more of that magical rune-like language on the walls, on the kick plate, the, the vertical surfaces of the stairs. Now, give me a second. Let's turn to Baldareth and Lolly. I'm just merely trying to sneak up behind her. Now, move behind her or, like, sneak up behind her? Sneak sneak up behind her. There is the glow in the hallway that will make that very challenging. He thinks he's sneaking. Well, let's do this. Go to make it a disadvantage here, John. Andrea, I'd like you to give me a uh, <clears throat> kind of perception roll there. Eighteen. Be a wisdom roll with any kind of bonus you get for perception. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Five. That was eighteen with disadvantage. Correct. Oh, nice. Well done. <clears throat> I have a crappy roll. That was well. Lonely is, there's there's always a disorientation after you uh, suddenly travel, you know, through time and dimensions. So you're very captivated by these other two men who are facing off what's obviously a ghosty or an angry spirit or that thing your old aunt used to tell you about and the reason she doesn't date anymore. It's one of those three things. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, the talk about younger man has moved up to the stairs and is squatting down at three or four feet away, not getting right up on it. And looking at something on the base of the stairs, the big guy is kind of exactly where he was in the doorway, kind of splitting his attention between you and this other thing, but more so the other thing. And, uh, Lolly, what are you doing? You're standing in a wide hallway. It's about 10 foot across. Just so you know, I'll use paces. So a pace is approximately one yard one meter, whatever. So if I say three paces, we're looking at about 10 feet across, just for rough translation. And the room that you're facing into, where one of the men is far far into it, the other one is only a few feet from you, and the third one is, well, you don't know where he buggered off to, but directly ahead of you, a throne, up on about six steps, so the floor is probably well, chest height for you, waist height for a normal grown human. To the left is a wall that's got two statues on it. To the right, there is also two statues, and there is a tunnel or a passageway leading that way. And I have been using cardinal directions. That would be the south, the one with the passageway. And there are two gratings about this round on the floor that have been knocked 
off of it. One is partially covering the hole. One is totally off the hole. And, uh, yeah. And there's something coming through it? No. No, nobody else heard that noise except for uh, Julian there. I'll let you jump in when you're ready. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm not doing anything because I don't know what's going on. So okay, I'm just there. Yes. So there, Murph. So Lolly, you were looking for us. Hmm. Any particular? I know your friends. We have mutual friends. Oh. Well. You know Roy? Uncle Roy. Yes. Uncle Roy. Seen him recently? Well, of course not recently. When did you see him last? We don't speak of that. Oh, okay. Ah, ah. Part of the illicit, uh, illicit sketch issue? Hmm. <laughs> and, John, you just let me know if Baldareth does something. Otherwise, I'm considering you lurking behind everybody. Oh, no. Well, I, I know that the advantage of the heroes are that they have things, and we don't. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> as soon as she starts giggling or talking with Murph, I'm going to try to build something. <laughs> okay. Now, so Archimedes, who's been on my shoulder the whole time, I'll lean over and go, go act cute and investigate the new lady. He will turn around and fly off towards Lolly. Lolly, how do so you like feel like... like a bug coming at me? What the hell? How do you feel about small owls that, uh, small owls that wear hats from Firefly? <laughs> oh, I'm going to put that in my pocket. <laughs> He'll probably land like a foot or two in front of you and start being all cute and doing that owl thing where they turn their head from one side to the other and hop forward and hop back. And hop a little closer and hop back, do the head thing. Trying to steal stuff, you know. What role did you get, Baldareth? Well, I can't roll any higher than that, so. And whenever you guys have a roll coming up, even if I turn away from you, go to make that roll, have that ready for. 27. 27. <laughs> now, here's what I am going to say. Coming up to somebody in a dimly lit hallway and grabbing something off of them, subtly, you're going to get away with it, but it is going to break your stealth at this time. Since well, No, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to get behind her and turn around back to back and then bump into her and whatever I put in front of me, I'm going to put down my pants. <laughs> Uncle Roy. To turn around and apologize. <laughs> Perfect. I, that that works. works fine. With I was just I saying, your stealth would be noticed at that point. <clears throat> but yes, you do snatch something off of her, and we'll have to rummage through her character sheet later and tell you what that is, unless if you're just chomping at the bit to know right this second. I was going to say, um, because of what my skill set is, do I realize? No, not with a 27. Oh. Uh. Yeah, he he did really well there. Um, so that's I, I, I apologize, madam. Uh, Master Julian, um, can, can can I take you up to the 
group. Seem lost. I think I'm missing my diaphragm. <laughs> I'll open up my pants. <laughs> I'll <have your> sponge. <laughs> Put my arm out. To to guide her into your pants or to give her something? What? Do you do? Whoa! I didn't go there, but hey, I tripped. She fell on my. Oh. Follow me, madam. Yeah. Where are we going? I point after Julian. Ah, he's I directing you forward owl. into the room. Oh, you pick up the owl? <clears throat> yeah, he's so cute. Yeah, he's like nuzzling all into your hands, being super cute. It's going to eat my face later, you know. Nah, probably not. Man, I wish <laughs> I worked in bars. We got to pay him off. He wants a portion of the whatever it is. <laughs> it's true. He'll like hop to your shoulder and like nuzzle on your face. Get out of my beard. <laughs> <laughs> so Okay, so we would walk over to Julian. Almost like a purr, but if it was an owl. Now, as Baldareth guides Lolly past the table, well, past the grates, then past the table. Murph, what are you doing as he does this? Murph? No. Hold on just a second. Um, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just watched friggin' him <laughs> escorting her back. I'm just like trying to get there. <laughs> he stole something. He watched it. Because I see all this because he just walks up behind her. <laughs> No, you uh, actually didn't see him lift. No, I had my back. No, I didn't see him lift. I, I see him walk behind it. I know he lifted something. I didn't see him the do it. The odds are probably there, yes. The, the yeah, because I know him. There. He's a little sneak right. <clears throat> right, so the possibility, though you didn't actually see it. Yeah. It I'm literally sense. going like this, going. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm literally bowing down and just going. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to untie him again. I'm well, trying not to laugh my ass off is really what I'm doing Baldareth, at this point. There's Murph, a ghostly apparition. He's walking across there. I didn't hear the swashing sounds. I'm well, trying to figure out. Can I, if I may. Oh, go ahead. Murph, Lolly, hmm? Baldareth, each of you make a perception roll as uh, Baldareth guides Lolly past that grating. Um, 20. 13. Murph, you don't catch this. Um, but you, uh, Baldareth, and Lolly. Lolly, was that a natural 20 or? Okay, and again, to clarify, if you guys ever get a natural 20, just let me know. Um, yeah, I'll tell you, but it's, this is not natural. Good These are, but that wasn't. And they're 20s, because they're two 20s. What? <laughs> said it's a dirty 20. Dirty, dirty 20. Okay. <coughs> Damn you. Um, yeah. Baldareth and Lolly, you hear the squishy noises from down the grating. Can I see what's down it? Baldareth stops and looks down. What kind of vision do you have? Dark vision. There is... <clears throat> it looks like this grating has about a five, six foot drop and opens up into some similar smaller three foot wide something 
possibly some kind of sewer line or, or waste management system. And there is something squiggly and tentacular, about the size of a large cat or a medium dog, that ducks back down into the sludge below the hole. <gasps> Do I see that? Only if you lean over and look when he stops to look down the grating. So for me, this camera shot is from above, and you just see the little multiple, like more than three, tentacle-like movements disappear from the camera shot, and then two faces come up into the round hole above you. <clears throat> a bearded one I will, and a horny one. I will um, utter something in Infernal, and I'll try to make the surface of the water rumble, because I can make the ground move and stuff to see if it get a reaction out of whatever that is that's down there. So you mean the the liquidy sludge like stuff at underneath yes. in the hole. Very good. Yes. So and that's a cantrip if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yep. It's thaumaturgy. Thaumaturgy? Yep. Cool. I like big words. I cannot lie. Um and it might be wiggling next to my fly. I don't know what I stole. <laughs> so oh, well. you look over your shoulder there, Julian, and you see that uh, Baldareth, your manservant, whether you like it or not, leading this bearded legendary hero towards you. And then they both stop and look down and move back and look directly down the uncovered hole. This is a hole where the grating is totally off. And you can see the slight movement as Baldareth does his bewitched thing. And then there is a high-pitched squeal. And uh, uh, what Baldareth sees, as he makes the sludge and the mud wiggle and shake and jiggle, you know, like a... you know, like a jello that hasn't set yet, but almost has. Um, is that a voice, or is it... I mean, is it like a language, or is it a, uh, just a... noise. <clears throat> oh, just just, just clarify. a high pitch, classic sci-fi horror movie, <clears throat> but much longer, and and uh, it, it sounds like multiples. And good to go, giant parrots. Baldur. Oh, he heard it. Don't hurt it. Lolly, those little tentacly movements that you saw down there, you now see many many tentacles attached to multiple bodies, boiling up out of this hole in the ground. Boiling up like, like it's like again, lava. You know that hole, that view of the camera from the hole. There's just things coming up now. Oh, are they face huggers from Alien? If they had tentacles instead of claw-like little arms. Oh, I was picturing cats with no. tentacles. Never mind. Madam, please <laughs> step to the side. I will step back. Initiative. I put everyone. the table over on top of the hole. Initiative, everyone. Six. Twenty. Thirteen. Eight. <laughs> oh, one second. So we had a six, an eight, a thirteen, and a twenty. So <clears throat> I believe Lolly had the six. And Aaron had the eight, correct? Correct. 
Okay. And then uh, Julian had the 13. Okay. Correct. Yes. Baldareth, you react quickly as these things start to bubble up, if you will. And uh, you grab that grating, if I'm understanding your actions right, and sliding it back over the hole. Is that correct? Well, is is the table enough to, is it too big for me to turn it over on top of the hole? Um, I use whichever one's more convenient, but I, the table looks sturdier, the, probably. The grating more solid. would be quicker and easier because it's right there. The table is, you know, you'd have to move two strides away, grab it, manhandle it, flip it, drag it over. Yeah, grating it is. Uh, but that would be a great idea for the next move. Um, but yeah, you, you might wish to move the table on top of the grating. Yeah, that one you wouldn't even have to flip. You could put the legs of the table, considering it's like the picnic table type legs. That's one solid wide piece underneath, well, two solid wide pieces, and the cross beam going between them. Okay, first you grab the grating, slide it over it, and the things slam into the grating. But before we do anything else, Julian? What are you doing? Oh, um, well, I'm kind of like, what is going on? Looking back and forth between the guy and the, the seat. See if he's doing anything. He is leaning forward, look- one hand on his knee and his chin in his hand, and he has a smirk on his face. Great. Um, I guess I there was not enough time to glean any knowledge from the runes there. No, no. Um, well, you see Baldareth pull the grate over the thing, right? Yep. Yeah, I can't really do anything. Perhaps standing up and turning towards it. Yeah, and I will ready a firebolt so that if I see tentacle creatures actually make their way out of the the ground, I will throw a firebolt. Very good. You've got the incantation on your lips and your finger in your pouch. I don't actually if you need no. (laughs) I don't actually know if you need anything, but your finger in your pouch, big guy. Um, <laughs> instinctive reaction. Um, now, yeah, the things hit the grate. The grate bounces, and uh, Baldareth pushes down on it, making sure it stays in place, and then jerks back as probably eight different little tentacled arms, about 18 inches long each, flare out of it, reaching around. And you can see soft, squishy bodies attached to these things. And some of the smaller, some of the tentacles have kind of large, flat pads on them. Not all of them, just some of them. Now... Would you call these aberrations, sir? Um, maybe, but not to their face. That's just rude. A, just just clarifying. Give me just a second. So Let me act because it may come into play. Say again there, uh, Chris? So legitimately tentacles, because tentacles have flat pads on them where arms do not. There we go. It's a 
if we're talking about cephalopods. Well, we're talking about something. And we're talking about them right in front of me. What? That's rude. What if it's an aberration, as in a uh, utterly alien being? Yes. It's part of my. It's my favorite em- enemy. Of course it is. This worked out great for you. Yes. I would uh, call know, it strangely an aberration. enough. <laughs> yes, aberration. What are you doing? Your turn. Ah. Uh, I am pulling out my other short sword and one of my daggers, and I am uh, uh, pokey pokey. Okay. So, Murph glides forward, drawing his weapons as he does, slashing at them. I'm waiting for dice rolls. Well, Dareth, stepping back after forcing the grape back down, what'd you get there? Uh, 20 on one attack, uh, and a uh, 14 on the second attack. Very good. And that's with all adjustments for two weapons at one. That is with all adjustments. Yeah, you slash across and give me some damages. Okay, dokie. I will assume a 14 hits them at this point then? Correct. All right, that's what I need to know. That's How do I have that ability? Hmm? Is it because I'm a half elf? Hmm? Lolly, I'll be going to you next if you want to kind of come up with something in your head that you want to do. Aaron, tell me when you have damage. Yep, sorry, just had to freaking swap back here to see it. Oh, ooh, nine on the first one. And if it fell, it would be uh, five on the second one, or it just adds on to the first. You slash through three or four different tentacles as you swing your sword and your dagger, stab with your dagger, swing with the sword, and you can see some of the tentacles withdraw. And uh, other ones replace it. Now, Lolly? Well, I'm going to save this little owl that I'm going to put in my pocket. <laughs> Are you putting it oh, in your pocket right about- now, or is that just a future plan? Oh, I'm going to put them in my pocket. Great. When is she ever planned for the future? As you open your pocket, the owl runs up your arm. And you take it and slide it back down and scoop it towards it, and it runs up the arm and goes around behind your neck and nuzzles in your uh, braids. So she is chasing the owl around. I forgot to roll initiative for him because he should have his own initiative. Well, he's he's just going to share your initiative, and basically he's just not being put in a pouch. Unless if you want him in her pouch. Uh, Phrasing, sir. Hmm. No, he will keep trying to stay outside of the pouch, but he should have his own initiative. He will share your initiative. Let's make this easy. I do not need one more initiative to deal with, please. Great. He will share your initiative. Okay. Is he doing something besides playing with her? Uh, No, not this round. Okay. Because I forgot about him. Okay. (laughs) See, that's why I'm going to keep him. You just don't care. Okay, he can stay in my hair. I just want to keep him safe because he's cute with his little hat. Okay, Baldareth. I move over to the other grate and push it on top of it. Oh, well done because you can hear the movement coming towards it. So, yeah, and actually it sounds like movement from the north as opposed to the south. So the other creatures are in the grating in the 
southern part of the room. This is the grating in the north part, so it sounds like more of the creatures coming from the northern part of that sewer pipe coming towards you. You had to boil them. I did nothing. No, no, he didn't heat it. I said they boiled up, as in, you know, just a generalized term of the action that seemed he to He agitated the water. He did. The sludge. He stirred the pudding. Or possibly, literally, he stirred the shit. Oh my god, those shit creatures. That's nasty. Mm-hmm. It is. So... Mm, how many How many actual openings are there? Two. All right. That's nasty. Well, I will take a pitten and secure that grate so it doesn't pop back off of it again. <laughs> Okay, so give me a <clears throat> give me a roll. It could be an attack roll if you want, or it could be some kind of crafting roll if you prefer. Just something that would say, "Hey, I'm using this metal spike to kind of pin this down by jamming it into the stones below." Fifteen. Fifteen. You have one in place. The next round. You'll want to put a second one in, at least, and then they'll be upon the grate. But we'll move over here to Julian now. Um, great. I will mentally think to Archimedes to help by attacking the tentacles. And he takes the uh, the health action to give the next person who attacks them advantage. Ooh, nice. Why I freaking love owls and, and familiars and their actions. He can't actually attack, but he can help. <laughs> Very good. <clears throat> so the owl leaps from the rogue cairn to the ground, flapping over next to it, and as Murph stabs and swings his sword again, if that's what you're going to do. He is going to help by pecking at tentacles and appendages and whatnot. So, Murph, it is up to you at this point, as these things try to... Uh, that was Archimedes' turn, because he takes a turn and then I take a turn. Like, we don't... Or are you combining our turns into one so that I either do things with Archimedes or I do things myself? Uh, no, 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 no. You each get to do something, but he's assisting, he's helping. So I just right. put him into the place where he can help. Are you doing Great. something different? Yeah, I'm going to launch a firebolt at the tentacles. Uh, there is your uncle, like, face over the hole. Hmm. And you, I mean, if you want to, like, step over there, that would be more. Yeah, per, yeah, I'll per, get closer. Yeah, yeah, that way you can shoot straight down in it, between his slashes, yeah. as opposed to him not even realizing you're about to do this and whatnot. So, yeah, moving forward and standing over the hole, Murph drawing back his sword, you fire your firebolt? Yes. Now, this uh, is like a single lance of fire, correct? Yes, Maybe as it is as a, a you hurl a moat of fire at a creature and object within range. Mm, moat, so about the size of a golf ball or some such thing. 
Eh, probably about a baseball, yeah. Somewhere between a golf ball and a baseball. I have never seen a moat of fire come off a fireplace that's the size of a baseball. <laughs> but yeah, Clearly you've never ball. thrown a clump of uh, uh, dryer lint into a fireplace. Well, that's um, fire lint exploding. But yeah, they're great fire starters. <laughs> I don't know. A, a drop of oil coming off a stove feels like it's the size of a baseball. <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, um, so that would be a 13 to hit. It burns into a clump of tentacles. And it does five damage. Very good. Some more tentacles uh, wither and draw back. And Murph? Um... I will yell, Jules, my other sword, as I slash through these guys some more. Would you do me a favor? Since I can. Bring your camera up just mm-hmm. a smidge. We've only got you from Yeah, the I know. Now. I keep playing with it. There we go. Yeah, he does. There we go. <clears throat> All right. So he yells, Jules, my other sword, and then he slashes and pokes. Ooh, nice. Uh, that is a 17 and a 16. Ah, very nice. Yes. <clears throat> The creatures fall back. Less impressive. Literally. Uh, okay. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, yep, that is a, uh, it's a five and a six. Very good. It's uh, the ones in the lead dropping back on top of the others and all of them kind of scurrying and scampering down into the hole. Lolly? Well, I'm going to help, get, I guess, push the things back. What's the big apparition guy doing? He is sitting there with his chin in his hand and his elbow on his knee, watching and smirking. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go up to him and be like, did you do this? Did you do this? So Lolly took a step forward towards the grating before tossing a glance over her shoulder. And you could see the look on her face is just mild annoyance as this guy is obviously enjoying the little floor show you guys are putting on. And she walks up and begins berating him and questioning him. One hand on her hip, the umbrella shaking like a giant finger in front of her. It's, uh... And he turns to look at you and squints a little bit. And we'll come back to that in a moment. Um, so, Baldareth, you want to put a second pin in that? I do. Sixteen. Very good. You feel it's pretty secure. Not that it couldn't be more secure, but it's pretty damn secure. And I'll use a bonus action to dash over to the table. Okay. You're at the table with dried blood. <clears throat> now, are, are you grabbing it to pull, to, to move it? I don't know how actual big the table is. I know it's a, a large <laughs> hall, so I might not be able to. It is probably six foot long, four foot across and regular table height and then, you know, waist height. Um, it is thick, stout oak, so it's heavy. You know, the, the planks themselves are probably two inches, three inches thick. So it's got some heft and weight to it. Uh, you know, moving it by yourself, it's going to be a struggle. Not that you can't, but it depends how much it's stuck to the floor with dry blood, too. So, uh, Julian, Murph, 
Archimedes. The three of you are standing over an abandoned grate at this point in time. You can hear movements down below, but there's none up at the grating. And then you hear the other grate shift and clang as something hits it. Jerking your head over, you guys had seen Baldareth kind of pinning it shut, nailing it shut. But uh, it seems to be held down. Well, I will go over to that one. Well, that one is secured. This one is not. Uh-huh. Your call, though. Uh-huh. Going yep, over. I'm still going to go over there. Okay. I'm going to look down this one. What's it look like down there? It, is look, it... it looks empty-ish. I mean, there's movement at the edges underneath, but there's nothing up the tube, up, up the shaft, if you would. Okay. Uh, based on what stuck up, can I tell what it was uh, as part of my uh, survival rolls? Give me a roll. Let's find out. Uh, that would have been a 11. An 11. Don't you have advantage when you try and make knowledge checks against your favorite enemy? Uh, I think I... <laughs> yes, I do have an advantage. Thank you, sir. That is a much better roll. That is a 17. <laughs> there you go. It's uh, <clears throat> You've heard of creatures that like living in muck. Sometimes swamps, sometimes dark caverns. Hey, hey, that's no, that's no way to talk about the Rokairn, okay? <laughs> Rokairns definitely don't hang out in swamps. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the... They don't like being called hags, I know that. You're... Sorry, I'm, I'm checking a few things here. Okay, so, uh... <laughs> They would be called Otuga. Otug. People fight over how it's pronounced. But yeah, these would definitely be smaller versions than you've ever heard of. Usually they're the size of, I don't know, as opposed to being... Basketballs? Yeah, ish, but flatterer. Flat, flat, flatterer. More flat. And uh, very good. Now, yes, so they're Autuk. Murph, uh, that was Murph. Julian, we got you over there. Lolly. Got it. Got it. Okay. Just making sure. Are you doing anything else? Me? Yes. I'm waiting to see what that guy's going to say because he's being a little bitch. Uh, uh, guessing they're not solitary because we saw two of them. You but saw are like they, eight like, of them. Big packs, huh? You saw like eight of them. Oh, right, right, right. right. <laughs> well, I know two holes, but I mean, uh, how big of a pack is there normally? One. But normally they're also the size of a horse. Of course. Of course. This would be. We found a baby nest. There we go. <laughs> so. Now, as you Where's guys Mama? look around at each other, look over at Lolly as she's berating a spirit of the dead coal iron dwarf, or a rocairn, you hear scraping and banging 
down that passage to the south. And we're going to end that right here. And uh, dun, dun, dun. That's right. Okay, guys. So here's what I'm going to say. Make sure you join us for the next episode. Um, if you guys want to type in chat, let them know what's going on. Um, we will catch you next time. Let's see for our closing stuff before we roll that music and everything. I want to thank everybody who joined us in this, commenting in chat, as well as following, throwing bits, supporting us in all the different ways. Thank you very much. We will catch you again next time. Warlords squabble over small patches of land. Priests call to the faithful, assuring their followers that the gods will spare them. Magic has reset the laws of nature. People struggle to survive, fearing their own kind as much as the monsters in the shadows. All this amongst the remnants of undead terrors roaming demons in other homes. This is the world now, entering a dark age where one must steal or use steel just to survive.